Well, welcome in to Conversation with Justin Cassidy. I am Justin Cassidy, and today is the very important Joe Burkholder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's a board member at my church, Crossroads Church. And Joe, would you like to give a little introduction, tell people about yourself? Well, um, I, I am married to a wonderful man, which you'll hear uh, about shortly, I think, uh, for 41 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be surprising given what I'm going to divulge later. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I have a lovely daughter uh, who's 26. And um, I worked at PPG for 35 years. Wow. I mean, who does that anymore? Yeah. You know? And I started out, some of you may, may know me, uh, but you may not know that I'm actually a chemist. Mm. So I went to school for chemistry. I'm back. I'm from a science background. That science w- background and went into business. I like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> science background. I've I've done everything at PPG from working mm. in the labs to um, uh, being a manager of some labs mm. uh, to going out and um, I used to make paint. Mm. So um, in the industrial okay segment, yeah. and when I make the paint, then I also have to go out and trial the paint. In the mm. industrial setting, so I've painted like the inti- inside of rail cars. Um, oh. I have painted my own car. Oh. I have painted um, the inside dashboards of Mack trucks. Oh, with, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so that's pretty diverse. Yeah. And then I went into business mm. um, and got involved. Just an easy transition, right? It was just really <laughs> weird. Um, my whole career has been an incredible blessing. It doesn't mm. matter if I was making paint in the lab mm. or working on uh, strategies for new business, developing tools in the with the IT group for mm. new business. Um, it has all been fabulous. And then my last two years, um, I was in, in charge of um, making sure that all the data from PPG's old uh, manufacturing plant in uh, Springdale mm-hmm. was transferred from the old tandem punch card things. I don't know if anybody remembers some of I, some, I don't. some people. <laughs> we, we actually had punch cards, uh, and we had to tran- um, mm-hmm. transmit all of that over into Oracle. Okay. And we had one down day at the manufacturing plant, mm. so we had to prepare for two years for that. Wow. And that was a fabulous project. <laughs> so that was really different from anything I've done. Yeah. So I have a lot of um, uh, blessed career mm. and skills and decided after 35 years that I'd had enough in the mm. corporate world, but I had a lot of skills. And so I sort of de- decided to retire at 57. Mm-hmm. And that'll give you a clue to my age for those who know <laughs> me. Um, and then I decided to take those skills and apply them to nonprofits mm. that are near and dear to my heart. Mm. Um, of course, one of them is Crossroads, mm. and I'm on the board. I volunteer here. Um, two others are NAMI, so the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Okay. And for the last 10 years or so, I have been leading support groups in mm. Pittsburgh to help families deal with living and loving a person with mental illness. Mm. And I currently am right now a state trainer uh, for new support group leaders to teach them how to also help. Mm. So I do that for NAMI. And then the other organization that I volunteer for is NEABPD. Okay, so what's that? National Education Alliance Mm -hmm. for Borderline Personality Disorder. Okay. And I got involved with them 10 years ago. And learning a a class to help me 
to be a better parent, a better family member, a mm. better um, a lover and appreciator of people who are very, very sensitive, very mm. emotional. And I actually started to teach that class. I was trained, and now I'm a very experienced class leader. It is a free 12-week class that the organization mm. offers to people who need some help. Mm. So I'm very involved in that, and I'm also on their Family Connections board. Could you say a word about um, what is borderline personality disorder? So BPD. Yeah, BPD is, um, a lot of people think it stands for bipolar disorder, Mm. but it does not. It stands for borderline personality disorder, which is a strange name Mm. from the past, from years ago. And what it really, we like to call it emotion dysregulation disorder. Okay. Because... It makes more sense that way. What it is, is every human being that we have has emotions, even though we like to admit it or not. <laughs> and uh, I'll get to that too. Yeah. Um, but every person has emotions and every person gets dysregulated sometimes. Mm. There isn't a person out there that doesn't get angry or fearful or mm. frustrated or anxious right. uh, at one time or another. Um, the issue with borderline personality disorder is that people who are um, emotionally dysregulated continually, chronically, mm. um, all through their life, have a very, very difficult time in mm. life, and they can't think, and we'll talk about that um, when they're emotionally dysregulated. Gotcha. So borderline is um, it's a diagnosed mental illness, but I, I like to say that there are lots of super sensor people mm. out in the world. And um, so our, our loved ones with borderline personality disorder are super sensors um, that get dysregulated a lot more than most people. Gotcha. Uh, borderline is between, uh, is diagnosed one and a half to 6% of the population. However, it has a lot of stigma attached to it. Mm. And so many people don't get help. It's gotcha. 50% women, 50% men. Mm. The men usually um, have behaviors that come out when they get angry as more violent. So the men typically go more into the prison and penal system, gotcha. where women are more likely to go to someone to get help. So women are more likely to mm. be diagnosed, but both men and women uh, have the um, ha- can have that disorder. Gotcha. So... Living with someone who's very emotionally dysregulated Mm. is difficult, Mm. okay? Especially for those of us who don't have emotions or think they don't. (laughs) Right. So that thus this learning process started and thus this podcast. Yeah. That's, you know, one of the things that I think it's easy for me to relate to you is... Not that we don't have emotions, but we keep them in check, uh, you know, and like growing up, one of my favorite movies was like Steve Jobs. You know, I'd watch Jobs and be like, wow, this guy, he just is a, you know, it's so hard and just gets things done. And I love that, like the founder with Ray Kroc. And it's like, put these emotions to the side, like be a business person and get things done. And uh, my friends would watch these movies and be like, this guy is horrible. He treats people like crap. And it's like, you know, and it's just a weird... It's it's sometimes hard to relate to these people that sometimes I'm like, hey, put your like quit quit crybaby in and get mm-hmm. things done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I relate to you because I think 
we can put our feelings to the side a oh, lot. Oh, I have been <laughs> I have been like that for the wide part of my career. Yeah, the wide part of my life. Yeah. So now, so maybe talk a little bit about how do you go from being sort of a hardwired individual to mm-hmm. someone that you know you're you're trying to learn and not not just learn, but now you're teaching classes about the importance of emotions and and understanding that. Well, you know. It's a process, Justin. Mm. <laughs> it's a process. Um, a little bit about my my sort of my journey will help you to understand how mm. I learned to value emotions and see them as 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 just wonderful parts of mm. my life, as opposed to who needs these things. Right. You know, they get they get you into trouble, right. and people are difficult, mm-hmm. and and um, you know somebody's oversensitive. You know, I just, I just want to kind of ignore them. Right. Right. Um, to, oh my goodness, these are people too, mm. and I need to be able to hear and understand them. Mm. And, you know, only God can make those changes, right. I have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. Right. But, you know, I've always been very rational, mm. analytical thinker, driver, organized. I even thought when I was going to retire that I was going to start an organizing project, mm. uh, an organizing second you career. Do, you do good at that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love, like, cleaning out basements. I'll probably get a lot of job offers from this. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> cleaning out basements or um, redoing kitchens, organizing gotcha. things. Loved everything in its place, loved planning Mm. everything out. And then I would execute that plan according, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like pretty super person. Right. Um, I could do anything Mm. when I was younger. Um, and I did. Mm. Um, I always joke that I had, when I went to, I ended up going to Grove city college. My Mm. husband went to Grove city college, but he was three years older than I was. And I had, I was going to be a doctor. Mm go into chemistry, be a doctor. I was going to probably go into some kind of biomedical engineering doctor kind of thing and did not want to get married because after all, relationships are not important to me. Right. 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 I'm so self-sufficient in myself. You know, yeah. Certainly don't need another person (laughs) that to be shackled to. Right. For like my entire (laughs) life. So I went to Grove City College, uh, but I had it. What I didn't have a spreadsheet because we didn't have spreadsheets at that time. Okay, oh, but I had wow. a list mm-hmm. because I plan. I mm-hmm. have a list of who down the road I would want to be tethered to, um, because love was, of course, never involved. Sure, sure. Um, and I had a list of the qualities that I wanted to see in my future husband and future father mm-hmm. of my children. And I d- I did date a lot of different people, so I pretty much knew exactly what I wanted. Mm. Well, I met Scott at the end of January of my second semester, and he and I saw each other every night, Mm. and three months later, we decided to get engaged. Wow. (laughs) Like, call up my mom. Hey, mom, need you to meet this guy, because I'm going to get engaged soon. What? (laughs) (laughs) We don't even know him. The same reaction was with Scott's dad mm, and mom. Right. And um, I always say I picked my husband based off a spreadsheet. Wow. Okay. Now we're still married 41 years later. So God bless that decision. Is that dating advice? For, uh, so no, we I would not sheets? say that. No? That, you know, that I'm like never works out. pulling up my computer out. right now. That's yeah, right. I got Three you. months. <laughs> um, 
but it did it did work out. Mm. And Scott is very much like me. Mm. He's much more compassionate than I am. He comes off as very steadfast and kind of aloof, mm. but he is much more compassionate than I am. Mm. Um, I still had no desire for emotions and all that yucky stuff. Right. You know, who needs that? Right. So um, uh, I actually accepted Christ when I was 13. Mm. Um, at a youth retreat, I grew up in a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm skipping a little bit just to let you know that um, after that, when I went to college, I kind of like threw away God because who needs them? You know, when you're right. so self-sufficient right. and and self-confident yeah. and quite a bit arrogant and mm-hmm. egotistical, okay, also, <laughs> um, when you're that, I mean, who who needs God, right? Right. Right. So for a long period of time, five or six years after we were married, I kind of just put God on the shelf. Mm. But I'm here to tell you that when you accept Christ into your life the first time, God never stops, mm. and he's constantly pursuing you to pull, pull you back to him. Mm. And so he unleashed the rest of my life to pull me step by step, sometimes not screaming and hollering, but sticking my feet in the sand, okay, and saying, gosh, God, no, don't drag me through this. Come on, cut me a break. You know, right. I don't really have to do this, per- or I don't really don't have to get to know this person, do mm. I? I really don't have to be this person's friend. Right. I really don't have to be this person's mother, do I? Mm. And he kick, he pulls you kicking and stre- screaming mm. closer to him. So um, my my youth pastor, uh, growing up. Uh, called us six years after we were married. We had moved back to Pittsburgh and said, would you like, I'm interested in planting a church. Now, does this sound familiar? Mm. And um, I said, sure, because after all, I can do anything, right? Right. Right. So we met in our house for about a year, and then we started a church. We met in the Sheraton, um, which is now the Doubletree in Cranberry for quite a while. We bought a house on 11 acres of land and met in the basement. So we've done the whole, you know, setting up every Sunday kind of stuff too. And again, I did this because I could. Right. Had nothing to do with God really. Mm. And certainly didn't have anything to do with a love for people. Mm. However, in that group of people that joined that church, there were lots of super sensors, Mm. people who were way more emotional than I was. Mm. And that was pretty uncomfortable. There were people that would cry a lot and give me hugs. And I'm not a (laughs) hugger either. I am now, but I wasn't at that time. Right, right. This hugging stuff is like way too, Mm -hmm. you know, touchy-feely, emotional, relational. Um. And there were five or six groups of people that we had in a home group. Mm-hmm. Does this sound familiar? Yeah. I little... can't believe this happened like mm-hmm. in the 80s. And those people became our mentors mm-hmm. for us. We still didn't have kids. First 15 years of marriage, we didn't have kids. But I watched these super sensors. And I didn't want to be like them at first. But then I watched them um, exhibit what I called blind faith. Mm. what you just lost your job what are you going to do Mm. it's okay god will provide for us 
Wow. Are you serious? Right. God will provide for you. <laughs> you have to get out there and start looking for other jobs or you're going to have to move. Right. You know, everything with me was got to do it, mm. right? Because that's all I knew. But this whole group of people went through a lot mm. and their faith was like, what do these people have? You know, I'm kind of thinking I might want that. What am I missing? Wow. What what am I not? So these super sensors would start to come into my life. I would grow to love them. Mm. I would grow to see something in them that I wanted. Mm. And that was God placing those people in my life. Um, so uh, move, moving on at about 15 years, um, I decided that I wanted to be a mother. Now, I didn't want to necessarily be pregnant. Okay, mm. I didn't want to have a baby. There is a difference between I want to have a baby mm -hmm. and I want to be a mother. I wanted to be a mother because that's a lifetime thing. Right. Okay, and it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And it's something I hadn't done yet. Right. Okay, so you get my, my rational thinking gotcha. of all this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we started to try to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Three years later... Um, and three severe surgeries later, mm. it it was all for naught, and I almost died mm. at the last surgery. We tried infertility treatments, etc. cetera. Uh, again, it's me mm. doing, mm. me trying. Wow. I can do anything. It's technology. We ought to be able to do this. Right. So at the very end of that, the option was no longer available after all my surgeries. And so, okay, I'm not going to stop there. We're going to start adoption. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later, and dragging my husband through the adoption process and everything, um, he, of course, went through this. He didn't particularly want to be a father. Mm -hmm. And I'm not divulging any information. Uh, but um, he didn't particularly want to be a father, but he did it because he knew how important it was to me. Gotcha. Which is an expression of what? Love. Love, yeah. Okay. And he's just a fabulous father, way better father than I, I ever was a mother even, mm. because he had that compassion right. in him. So I began to really appreciate his, his compassion for mm. me and knew it would make a great uh, parent. Mm. So 36 months later... So this would be a six-year period where we struggled. Mm -hmm. um, we ended up uh, adopting Crystal at three days old. Mm. Wow. And uh, that's another story for another time, <laughs> but um, that in and of itself uh, was and still continues to this day mm. to be a miracle. And God used her also because Crystal is also a super sensor. Mm. Okay? Hey, can, you, can you real quick just tell us what... What is a super sensor? We sort of thrown that out there a couple times. All right. So a, a super sensor is a person who um, experiences life um, very intensely. Gotcha. Okay. They notice things that most other people don't notice. And we're not talking about someone who's a little sensitive. We're mm. talking about someone who's in the top 5%. Okay. Of people in general. Gotcha. Um, she would notice sounds. She would notice birds in the sky. Um, very, very intuitive. She would pick up, um, and, and these other people at church would pick up on things that 
me as a rational person would not pick up on. Gotcha. Okay. They would just fly right over my head. Extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. And often she would say things that were way beyond her years. Mm. And I would be like, wow, where did she get this? Mm. You know, she is like, I mean, lots of times it would fly right over me. But not only are they super sensors, but they're also very reactive. So they're very emotional. And so when I say a super sensor, I say that in the, the most kindest and encouraging and awesome mm. way. But super sensors typically tend to get either ignored in life or talked over mm. in life. Um, if and some, usually you and I would be the talking over, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, parent, parentally, yeah. I would be the person who would say, you know, Crystal, right. there's no reason for you to get upset over this. Mm. Okay? Horribly invalidating statement. Right. Okay? But that was, I wasn't upset with it. Right. So why should anybody else right. be upset with it? Exactly, right? right? Yeah. Um, and, oh, gee, you noticed that. Um, here, let's go over. I still want to get this done. Mm -hmm. When she really needed me to pay attention right. to something that was really important to her. Mm -hmm. So I would fluff over, like, almost everything that she would say, just sort of like I did when when this, I had my super sensors in church, mm. is I would, oh, my gosh, blind faith. <laughs> You know, right, right. I don't have anything time, any time for that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And slowly but surely uh, through my life, um, I came to the realization that not only could I not fix anything, everything, mm. I could fix a lot, mm -hmm. but I couldn't fix these super sensors, right? Mm. Um, right. And I really didn't want to. After a while, God kind of let me know, look, Joe, this is a whole other world for you. And right. as, as I got pulled back into God through the super sensors in my church, mm -hmm. I kind of rededicated and, mm. and my life to, gee, I, for, I went from self-confident to God-confident, mm. okay? Right. Started trusting him instead of trusting myself, mm. okay? Went from totally independent, would never surrender or um, depend on somebody else. Right. Ooh, ooh, didn't like those words. <laughs> right, right. To realizing that when you do surrender your life to God, that mm. it is actually a beautiful thing, yeah. something not to be feared, and it is a relief right. that's to such, surrender. Yeah, that's something that I've you know, some people have like this business transaction with God where it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, the deal is I got to believe and then I'm going to get salvation. So it seems rational enough to me. There you boom, go. Boom, you know, here's right. my, my heaven insurance card. And it's like, ah, you know, there's so much more that you're, there's so much meat on the bone that you're leaving because it's like rationally, yes, that is a really great thing that, yep, you get saved and you get to spend eternity with mm -hmm. God. But you know, not going to hell, that's that, that's sort of the afterthought of that transaction. Right. Correct. The goodness of it is you get to enjoy and experience, you get to which live unfortunately, those are emotions. You get yes. to live. And so, yeah, it's interesting yeah, that, that, again, from a rational point of view mm -hmm. um, and sort of sharing that, you it's almost 
is where, you know, I guess super sensors, that kind of comes easy of sensing and experiencing. We have to really lean in. We have to work on it. Right. We really do. Mm. And as a matter of fact, you know, um, uh, when when you give your life to Christ, mm. um, the Holy Spirit is given to you immediately, mm. and the Holy Spirit starts to develop fruit in you. You don't develop the fruit. Okay, the Holy Spirit gives it to you. So fruit of the Spirit is in yep. Galatians. So love, mm-hmm. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. faithfulness, and self-control. Yep. Okay, so I was really good at self-control um, already. <laughs> of kind course. of born with it, so- right? Sounds like right? it, yeah. <laughs> um, faithfulness, I was really starting to develop that, mm. trusting God with the small things first, okay? And and not willingly, kind of like, okay, God, I see what you're going to do. You know, if you would just tell me how this was going to turn out, then <laughs> right. I would jump right into it. But yep. no, you're making me wait. Right. Okay, I'll give you this one tiny little thing. Let's see what you do with it. Mm. Every time, Justin, he would exceed my expectations. Mm. And we see this now, right. even. Every time we trust. Mm. He has a bigger and better plan, which of course made me feel even more God confident right. instead of self confident. But those fruit of the spirit, there's a couple fruit of the spirit in there: kindness, mm. gentleness. <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> Who wants to deal with that soft stuff? Right. I'm a strong woman. Right. I'm a doer. I don't need any of that crap. Right. You know, who needs that? And a wise woman who happened to be a super sensor that God brought into my life said, well, Joe, you can't just pick fruit Mm. to accept from God. Mm. You're only choosing to unpack a portion of the bags that God wants you to embrace. Mm. To be a Christian, you really need to do them all. Right. And not do them all, but just open yourself to that. Right. So this sort of brings us back to this class that I took. Um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, but coming back to the class, mm-hmm. the class teaches skills to enable you to reduce your stress as a, as a, as a parent or a loved one of somebody that's a, that's a mm-hmm. actually has BPD, but in our sure. case was, a, is a super sensor. Sure. Okay. And by the way, Crystal was doing really well. Great. great. It's, it's awesome how awesome. she is. She will always be a super sensor, mm-hmm. but she has developed skills on her own. And I like to think a little bit of watching her dad and I mm. develop these skills to validate people right. who don't feel like we do. Right. Um, and we have a very good relationship, the three of us, where there was a time where we really, mm. really struggled. Mm. Um, but taking this class taught me about emotions. Mm. And again, this was a kicking, screaming, and sticking my feet in the sand <laughs> thing about emotions. So, um, feels like God uses that a lot. Where, uh, you for know, for some of us, yeah. you know, some of us who have yeah. a hard head, I call them a, a God's. There's lots of people in our church that say God wisps. Mm. Oh, God doesn't wisp to me. (laughs) He uses a two by four. Right, right. Multiple times through multiple people and circumstances that says, Joe. Yeah, 
Yeah. Knock it off. <laughs> Cut it out. I feel like one of my, you know, my favorite stories is just the story of Jonah because it's just, I mean, here's a guy, you know, God clears day says one thing and you just, ah, rather not, you know, and I, I'm going to get on a boat. I'll do anything but this. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty accurate description of of how God works in my life. You know, I mm-hmm. wish that it would be whatever you say, Lord. All right, here am I. Send me. But so often it's like, ah, well, you know, I gotta, I gotta go to, you know, I gotta go do something else. But, um, yeah, God, God will pull us kicking and streaming. Um, like you said, like once you give your life to Christ, you don't really. I don't think you know what you're signing up for either. You know, like you don't. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like the the disciples don't realize Jesus is going to go get crucified and we're going to suffer. I mean, you know, but you sort of learn on the way that through the kicking, the screaming, the suffering, that there's a real beauty that that God's unfolding. Um, and if only we would just open ourselves up and just let it happen, <laughs> it's so much better. So emotions, emotions, something that you and I are kicking and streaming, being drugged yes. to. Um, so talk to me, what have you learned about emotions through your story here? Um, so the first thing I, know, I learned was how the brain actually works mm. in, in all people. So um, I won't get too awfully technical, but there's a little tiny, it's about a walnut-sized thing in the back of your brain. It's called the amygdala. Some people say that my brain's just walnut-sized. Uh, <laughs> some of them. Yeah. But actually, it's not. It's mm-hmm. filled with all these different regions of mm. the brain. The amygdala is where the emotions lie. Okay. And right smack next to that is the hippocampus, mm. where your memories are attached to emotions as you grow up. Mm. So if you think that lots of times people say, I really can't me- remember too much of my childhood, but you can remember something that was usually attached to an emotion. Mm. Okay. And that tends to stick with your memories. So you've got those two pieces that's in the, in the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. And then in the front part of your brain, your frontal cortex, there's mm-hmm. two, two pieces of it, but um, there, your cortex does the thinking part of your brain, the mm. administrative organization thinking part of your brain, and then also impulse control. Mm. So in a healthy, ordinary brain, emotions will fire. They're attached to memories from the past and an urge happens. Mm. Okay. Um, emotions are extremely important. We all have them as much as we would not like to admit. Okay. God created emotions in us for absolute reasons. Mm. Okay. They're there for our protection. Mm. Okay. And the uh, there's two types of emotions. There's primary and secondary. Primary emotions are extremely effective for us. They're emotions like fear and sadness and happiness and surprise and anger. And um, I'm missing one or two, but there's, there's, there's basic emotions. Mm-hmm. And what that allows you to do is when you are in a situation your emotions will fire immediately. They're a protective emotion, mm. okay? If you had to wait for your thinking part of your brain to say, oh, that fire is hot. I learned yeah. that a long time ago. Don't right. touch it, right. okay? You may be burned beyond control. Right. Okay, but when a fire flares, your immediate emotion creates an urge and mm. it's protection. So emotions are there to protect us. Gotcha. Emotion of anger protects us from injustice, Mm. okay? That's the only um, uh, 
time that anger is a primary emotion. Mm. Um, happiness. So what about the what about the quote unquote good emotions? Um, another thing besides protecting us is emotions provide for our pleasure. Mm. Happiness, surprise, oh, calm. Mm. That's another thing. People think that emotions turn on and off. Mm. They don't. We are in a constant um, perpetual state of emotion. And one of those is calm. Mm. Okay. So they can go up, they can go down, they can go calm. Mm. And calm is very necessary for us because it allows us to sleep. Right. Right. It allows our body to relax. Mm. Uh, calm is a place of, of, uh, of peace. Mm. Um, so that's another thing that emotions will do protection provide for our pleasure and they also allow us to communicate with each other mm. well that doesn't happen if you don't care about relationships now does it right <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah. another key emotion is have you have you ever looked at a baby and um i try to avoid babies that's but yeah oh eventually you'll get there we'll eventually. see we'll see um mom sorry we'll that's see. right <laughs> Uh, so right. if you've ever looked at a small baby before mm -hmm. they can talk, okay, mm -hmm. you can use your face to explain an emotion of fear mm. or I'm going to get you, right. you know what I mean? Right. And you'll see them, they'll smile. Mm. They will react to the emotions on your face. Right. So not only with verbal, verbally can we emote mm. to somebody else to improve our relationship, our communication, our connection mm. to other people, um, but we can also use our face, use our words. Mm. Um, so those three things are really important. Do you think that's why you, know, you talked about that we can emote through both our language, but then also our, our body language? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's, you know, sometimes I feel like in relationships and things, people get upset not at what you said, but, you know, sometimes, you know, or how you said it, or, you know, you might have said the right thing, but your body language said something else. Oh, so true. Mm. And super sensors pick up on that. Gotcha. Okay. So I can like smile and say, oh, no, we're going to do this today. Mm -hmm. And a super sensor will know, oh, she doesn't want to do that. Mm. She wants me to do this. And then what will happen is they will kind of internalize being... Um, and that's part of what I, exactly good lead in mm -hmm. to secondary emotions. Gotcha. Okay. So primary emotions are effective for mm -hmm. us. They're so valuable mm -hmm. and important for us in our relationship with other people. But other, as we grow and express our emotions, what happens is society in general, other people, parents, sisters, brothers, everybody, mm. react to the behaviors that we have from our urges of emotions. So those urges that come out of the amygdala mm. um, get sent over and they are controlled by the impulse reaction in our brain. Mm -hmm. And then the thinking part of our brain takes over and says, oh, gee, if you were to do this, if you were to slap somebody, you might get in trouble. Try something else. Mm. So that's how an ordinary brain works. A super sensor brain shuts off from the impulse control and from the thinking part of the brain. Mm. So what happens is they've actually taken brain scans of people who are very emotional. Mm. And the 
emotion and the memory part will just fire up. Mm. And the thinking part, it, the neurons can't get there. Mm. So what happens when, when that happens is that the urge that your emotion brings on results immediately in a behavior instead of being double-checked by the impulse and the thinking. Gotcha. So the emotions are limited then in those brains by, protect, by the protection factor, mm. okay? So they're going to fire, and when somebody makes somebody mad, they're going to hit. Mm. Where they're going to do something to try to get that protection factor to happen right. without thinking through the impulse control and the thinking part of the brain, mm. which may have another behavior that's more effective, not only for the person who's feeling the emotion, but also others. Gotcha. So we begin, super sensors sometimes set up this thing from the beginning of their life where people, especially people who are thinkers mm -hmm. like us, will invalidate them all mm. the time. So a, a couple instances of that. So you're, you're a child and you're watching the Bambi mm -hmm. uh, movie. And, you know, what we all know what happens to Bambi's mom. Right. Okay. Bambi's mom gets shot. So let's say you have two kids and you're all watching the Bambi movie together. It's a family night. And by the way, I don't know hardly any families that have multiple siblings that are exactly alike. Mm. Aren't they usually completely different? Right. Okay. And because of that, parents think, I don't know how they got different <laughs> right. because we parented them exactly the same. Mm -hmm. There is no way you can parent two children who are different right. the same. Right. You will react differently to them. Right. You think you parent the same, mm -hmm. but you really don't. You make allowances mm -hmm. for each child. So let's just say a super sensor and an ordinary child is watching this Bambi movie. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the mother gets shot. Mm. Okay? Very upsetting. Okay? To most, most people. Okay? Mm -hmm. We as parents know from our experience, our memories that the end of the movie turns out well, mm -hmm. okay? But our kids are seeing this for the first time, You're right. okay? And they're both crying. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, Bambi's mom, what will Bambi ever do? Right. Et cetera, yeah. okay? They're crying. Mm -hmm. So we stop the movie. We take a little break. We cuddle. Oh, honey, it's going to be okay. Wait till you see the end of the movie. We cuddle both kids. Uh -huh. we, and, and the one kid that's not a super sensor you know, kind of bucks up and, okay, I want to see the rest of the movie. Sure. Okay? Sure. The other kid is still crying, mm. still upset. So we decide to stop. Let's make some popcorn. Right. Let's distract, blah, 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 um, et cetera. And we come back, and our super sensor kid is still really upset because super sensors take a long time to come back mm. to baseline. So they're still crying. But the rest of the family's like ready to get on with the movie. Yeah. So what happens? Oh, come on now. We've explained over and over again the facts. Yeah. Okay. Which yep. is what I used to do all the time. Yep. And uh, the facts are that the movie turns out really good. You need to see it. Mm -hmm. Right. The super sensor is still struggling yeah. with losing his mother. Right. Okay. Um, and then we move on from, from you know, you're, you're, 
preventing the rest of the family from having a nice night. Right. You're a burden now. You're not a burden. Yeah. Because you have these super sensor. You mm. get the, uh, you, stop. Calm down. Right. Okay. You're being selfish, making it about you. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what does the child who was already just upset about a loss. Yeah. So that's a primary emotion. Right. And rightfully, right? I mean, okay. it's a sad Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Upset about a loss. Yeah. And now they're feeling guilty, mm -hmm. shamed, mm -hmm. embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's all three extra top emotions that is added on to feeling a loss. So now they're really, really emotional yeah. and they super can't calm down. Right. Okay. We inadvertently have made the situation worse. Mm. Okay. And that memory sticks with them. Remember I said the amygdala right. and the hippocampus are together. Mm -hmm. This whole situation sticks with us. And when it happens time and time and time again in a family situation or among friends, mm -hmm. what happens is this super sensor learns to turn off the primary emotion mm -hmm. of sadness and go right to those other emotions. Oh, wow. Over time. It makes a habit, mm. okay? And those other emotions are secondary emotions. They're not helpful. Mm, right. It never feels helpful to be embarrassed. Has yeah. anybody here felt embarrassed? Right. Okay, right. you don't like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's like even worse than being sad. Right. <clears throat> okay? And on top of that, shame. Mm. Okay? Shame is a horrible thing to feel. Right. Um, and what you will do is, over time, we don't want to feel negative emotions mm. so we will do something to get rid of them so over time when this starts to really set in as a hard set as mm. habits what will happen is we can't stand the shame and the embarrassment mm. so we're going to blame other people mm. okay so we're going to say well if you hadn't shown me that movie if you hadn't done this right. if you hadn't done that and you know you always pick the worst movies for me to see right okay they're trying to get out of the pain of feeling shamed. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, um, we, they are inaccurately expressing from their secondary emotions, not from their primary emotions. Mm -hmm. Well, when you inaccurately express, what's the, what's the, if I say to you, you know, you always pick the worst movies. You know, how many times have I told you not to pick a movie where the mother dies right. in the movie? Okay. Does that make you feel like you want to, come over and cuddle with me and hug me. No. <laughs> no. You want to stand up for your rights because right. you're being unjustly accused. Yeah. Okay. So your primary emotion of anger is flaring up mm. and you want to throw some more facts mm. at the other person. Yeah. Do you see how yeah. this makes it worse? And because worse now, and now worse you say, "Oh, well, here, no, I'll, I'll give you the rational. This is, this is exactly. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll set the record straight for you, right? And you're, we'll fix this right now. And, 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 and then all what you're really doing is you're, you're sort of going down that pattern, right? Because you're exactly. more shame, more embarrassment, more exactly. Mm. Okay, and we've begun this game, right. this habit, and this game. So learning about these emotions and learning that. I need to find my primary emotions, mm. okay, and not suppress them, mm. not ignore them. Because when you're, when you're treated unjustly by somebody else, 
what does that make? I don't know about you guys, but I kind of get bitter. Right. Right. And uh, I get, you know, I get angry. Little, I, mean. <laughs> I get bitter. And then what happens? We kind of coddle that flame. Right. And I'm going to go to Justin saying, you aren't going to believe what this person told mm. me. It isn't true at all. And I am so angry. Okay. Does that pull the relationship together mm. with that person? No, not at all. No. So how do I support my super sensors? Um, I try to listen to them. I try to hear their truth. Mm. Because each of us, when we go through interactions with other people, mm -hmm. um, we may think that our truth is the only truth. Mm -hmm. If you can picture, I've seen this on Facebook, if you picture you and I are sitting across from each other right mm -hmm. now, if I drew a nine mm -hmm. on the table yeah. for me, right. what number do you see? Uh, if you drew a nine, I would see a six. Correct. Right. Okay. Who's right? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see my point. Right, right. So, Which I want to are... highlight that, too, because I know there's there's my light bulb goes off to say, well, no, no, no there is one truth, um, you know, but I would say there's one truth, but there's there's multiple interpretations, and how you're, in, you know, what that object is, well, that that's a number. We know that. And now it's just a matter of well, what's point. your point of view so, you know, because I know that's my, my light bulb always, well, you know, yeah. so um, yeah, there of is course, a truth. Of course there is only one truth <laughs> yeah. because Justin, you and I are always right. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, right? that's exactly the truth. Um, and right. so being with a super sensor, um, there are moral truths, Yeah. okay? And we're not talking about those. Sure. We're talking about truths in behavior right. and perception mm. and allowing that two things can be true at the same time. Right. I can be a strong woman mm. and I can be tired mm. and need some help. Right. At the same time. Yeah. Right? Right. Um understanding those. Another another example is 72 degrees. Mhm. Mm Justin, is that warm or cold? That's pretty that's warm for me. That's warm for you? Yeah. What if I like you to keep what, my house at sixty five? Oh, what if you were in water? Um, I guess that's warm. I I, I don't know. What is? Uh, it would be cold. Would it be cold? Okay, it would be cold. Yeah, because okay, I'm ninety eight, right? right? So I'm not. What if it was coffee? That'd be cold. Coffee. Cold. 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 Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> what if you're in Arizona when it's been for the last couple weeks in the hundreds? That'd be that'd be cold. Okay. Right. So 72 degrees is a fact. Yeah. It, okay? it, is, it is true that it's 72. Correct. It depends upon the your circumstance, yeah. the context, your environment, mm. what you like. 72 degrees in my mother's house is freezing for her. Mm. Um, okay. Because she's older and she yeah. has no body fat. Her BMI is like 16 or right. minus 70 or something. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Um, so it's all relative. Yeah. And as a factual person, trying and opening yourself up to understanding someone else's truth mm. and where they're coming from mm -hmm. is very important for the relationship. Right. Okay. It's waiting. And instead of going somewhere else with your response, it's hearing what they say. And instead of judging what they say, you know, oh my goodness, there's not enough 
pepperoni on my pizza. Mm. Mom, how could you get that pepperoni pizza from this store? We talked about it, and I'm thinking we got the pepperoni pizza from the same place last time and you loved it. Right. Okay. And we always say in our house, but we blinked. Mm. The truth changed when we blinked. (laughs) At this particular moment, there was not enough pepperoni on the pizza. Okay, so instead of saying, oh, come on, there's there is two. There's fine. I'll give you or fix it. Right. I'll give you my pepperoni and then you'll be fine. Okay. Right. Because it's not that important to Mm -hmm. me. All right. A more effective response. So learning how to give. To not be right Mm. and instead be effective with your relationships Mm. would be like, oh, it is so disappointing when. You're tasting something that you really, really want, and it's just not the way that you expected it to taste. Mm. The validating. Validating their emotions. Mm. Because emotions, whether they're primary or secondary, emotions for every person are absolutely valid. Mm. Okay? Can they be changed? Can they be moved? Of course they can. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, they're really, really valid. Right. So learning how to change those. So for instance, boy, I see you are really angry with me. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, what are you angry about? Right. Okay. Do you see it, it, the body language, everything? Mm-hmm. It's, it's learning how to extend. And what has happened is the Holy Spirit has allowed me to accept kindness mm. and gentleness into my relationships. Mm. And the people I love spending time around now are all the super sensors that God has brought into my life. Mm. I wow. love spending time with them. I love hearing how they interpret the world. Mm. I love, hear, even if they're opposite in thought from mm. me, I'm curious. I want to know more about them. Mm. I want to ask them questions. I want to be around them, whether they're angry mm. or crying. I'm not as I'm not uncomfortable anymore around people crying. And those of you who know me now know I like hugs. Mm. Okay, I was before like oh right. no group right. hugging for yeah. me. You know I'm. I mean, my dad walked <laughs> me down the aisle, was like shook my <laughs> hand and said, "Okay, we're gonna do this, yeah. aren't we?" Right. Kind of thing. Yeah, I, I went to a church uh, before I came here to Crossroads, and you know, you know, every church has like a greeting time, shake someone's mm-hmm. hand. In the bulletin, it was called hug time, like that's what they named it. And we would walk around and hug people. And I'm not anti hug. I'm not. I am not a hundred hugs to kind of person. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> you know what? A, you know now, yeah. So. I relate to that. <laughs> um, and at first, it was uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. the other thing, is learning that being uncomfortable is okay. Mm. Um, I still don't like it. Sure. Nobody likes to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of part of distress tolerance, which is another topic for another time. Sure. But learning to be uncomfortable enough to get through the immediate really uncomfortableness Mm. to migrate to a place where I'm just a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. Slowly but surely over time, putting yourself in those situations, you become comfortable. Mm. We are creatures of habit. We play this transactional game. And the good thing is 
that we can change that the cards that we get dealt. Mm. We can change the dice in the transactional game, even if the person next to us isn't changing. Mm. So we can make the efforts to understand them, to appreciate their emotions. Um, and the, the thing I want to get back to just a little bit mm. for the, the primary and the secondary emotions um, I want to give another example. Surprise is a primary emotion that okay. you can imagine that's good for you. Yeah. You know, <gasps> yeah. Okay. Not fear, but just right. whoa, yeah. scare me or something. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's pretend you and your date um, are you're going to take her out okay. uh, for um, a birthday dinner at her favorite restaurant. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, secretly, you have planned a surprise party for her. With all of her friends. That's an okay. excellent gentleman. I would. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so, and you're, you've done everything you mm-hmm. can to get it, but you, right. you're going to pick her up. You've picked her up and she has a very, very nice, um, attractive dress on high heels, etc. Cause she's going to, she is going to have a romantic evening with you at her favorite restaurant, mm-hmm. but you drive past that restaurant to the next place. And she's surprised mm. by that. And you say, I'll just wait. I have a stop to make first. And you take her into the next place, and it's a big surprise. Surprise! Mm-hmm. Okay? So surprise is the primary emotion. Mm-hmm. Okay? What do we do with all of our emotions is we tend to judge mm. everything in the world. Well, it's not just emotions. It's everything. We mm. are in a judging world. Right? right? Right. So here's what happens to move into secondary emotions. So instead of just experiencing the surprise in the moment and taking the good from it, mm-hmm. she thinks, oh, my gosh, I am so overdressed. Uh, if he would have only told me this, gotcha. I feel I've got high heels on. Everybody else is here in um, the... You know what? Yeah. I, I'm like the center of attention. I hate being the center of mm. attention. Oh, my goodness. There are people here I don't like. Um, every one of these is a, is a judgment, right? Right. Okay. What happens to the surprise? Not, not nearly as... <laughs> it gets yeah. morphed into other emotions right. of, what did I say? Embarrassment. It gets typically morphed. Now, she could morph into oh my gosh he is so clever mm. and kind to have done this right Who and if it was my thought... girlfriend that's what she would say yeah <laughs> you know just 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 be clear <laughs> that's correct okay so right. we can apply judgments mm-hmm. okay in a benign manner mm-hmm. so a, a manner where they don't um where they aren't ineffective sure or we can apply judgments to make them so much less effective gotcha okay and stay with us for a longer period of time so are secondary emotions always bad um because i feel like you've sort of talked about okay going into shame and embarrassment so are those are there any good ones or are they are i don't say good in, in that there's bad emotions but you, Instead like, you know, of being good or bad, how about we think of them as being effective or not? Mm. Okay. So and is, oh my gosh, he is so clever and he has gone out on a limb 
thinking of me. Mm. Is that an effective sure, yes. emotion? Okay. But if he only would have told me this, I wouldn't have worn something else. I feel so embarrassed. Mm. You know, I can't believe he did this to me. Mm. That's ineffective. Okay, ineffective, right? Yeah. So you, she's feeling worse. Right. And she lashes out. When you feel worse, you want out of the pain more mm. and you will lash out inaccurately expressing the primary emotion. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, this no, always it, happens. Yeah. So it's ineffective. If we can't accurately express what we're really feeling, mm-hmm. that's going to interfere with our relationship. Is there a way, either as a super sensor or as someone that is working with a super sensor, to keep them from going? You know, if I if I did all this and I want the, that surprise to be, you know, I'm the the clever, you know, amazing man. Is there anything that I can do to to keep that to to direct that secondary emotion to be effective, or is that more on them and their habits and what? The- it it can be both. There is okay. something that you can do. So so we all are going to judge mm-hmm. all of us. And I used to think it was all about I've got to remove and eliminate all my judgments. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just not possible as a human to do that. Sure. Jesus can do that, <laughs> but I can't. Right. What you can do is when you are aware of the judgment. See, most of us are not aware of it. It just mm. happens. Yeah. It's just from years and years and years of conditioning. Right. But right. if you start to become aware of it, being mindfully aware, mm-hmm. what you can do is check the facts. Gotcha. If you can say, now really... Did he do this to make me feel this way? No. Hmm. He did this because he thought that I would be happy with this. Hmm. Or he thought this would be cute or uh, a good experience. Okay. So I can take that judgment, become aware of it, because Mm -hmm. we cannot change unless we are aware, unless we accept it. Mm. So, yes, it is a judgment. So I'm going to try to think opposite. Right. Of that. So that's what any person can do when they are feeling what they are. When you're with a super sensor, it's very difficult for them to do that. Gotcha. So the best thing you can do is to validate them. And, hey, I see you feeling a little uncomfortable. Can I get you something to drink? You know, mm. can I, um, noticing that something has changed, mm-hmm. noticing, or even I can see you're really uncomfortable or angry mm. with me um um do you, we need to go out and like talk a little bit to work this out mm. um etc now in my rational mind maybe i just i feel like that would that, that would frustrate me in the sense of like, hey man i did all this for you and now i have to validate what i what i perceive as a your ineffective and incorrect emotions and now this nice thing I'm doing, I'm having to go sort of apologize. In my mind, I feel like I'm losing. You know, is that, is that a wrong way of viewing that? I mean, the, 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 I just feel like, man, you know, I, I, and I guess maybe that's why uh, people, these super sensors can be marginalized in that they're kind of having to stop what I'm doing <laughs> to recognize your emotions. And they're not wrong, but they're inconvenient, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So... Our super sensors cannot think rationally. Mm. So even if you spew out all the facts on right. the face of the earth right. and all of your feelings, mm-hmm. okay, 
it's going to make the situation worse. Mm. Okay. So we have to help de-escalate them back to their primary emotions. Gotcha. That's the effective thing to do. It's also the kind thing to do. Mm. It's also the gentle thing to do. And it's also exactly what Jesus did multiple times in the Bible. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about that a little so, bit because I do think there, there's a part of me, if I was listening to this, um, I'd go, well, you know, I don't know. This is all sounds pretty warm and fuzzy, too good for me. Mm-hmm. I, I got I to gotta see a Bible and, and, and black and white. I need it laid out. So, I mean, is there a biblical um, model or, I mean, do we see this in the Bible anywhere of, um, you know, how does Jesus handle his emotions? Um, well, let's start from the basics. You know, we are created in the image of God, mm. okay? And God throughout the Bible expresses primary emotions. Right. He's angry. Um, sometimes he's frustrated, okay, with us. Um, he's merciful. Mm. Uh, he provides blessings for our happiness. He rejoices over when we come to him. Mm. Um God has emotions, right? Okay, so saying that as humans we don't have emotions. I mean, my favorite saying with my daughter used to be, "You know what? I would be hurt by that, but I don't have any emotions, so I'm not." <laughs> okay, yeah, and I think I've used you, that. Thing. And do you think do you think that helped our relationship? No, no, not no, at all. Not at all. Well, and and just I want to add a little bit. I think it's interesting that, um. You know, so uh, the way Jonathan Edwards views the Trinity is, you know, God the Father has a thought, a word of himself, so sort of that rational intellect, and that stands forth as God the Son, Jesus. He is the word that became flesh. And then the the, the uh, Holy Spirit is the, the delight, the emotion, the pleasure that the Father has in the Son and the Son has in the Father. And so as humans, what it means for us to be made in the image of God is both to be intellectual, rational creatures Mm -hmm. and to be emotional creatures and to have both of them to the fullest and to not let either be deficient. And I think it's crazy because I think we look at, you know, we could look at super sensors and go, boy, they lack rationality. And yet we don't take the time to go, well, we lack feeling. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, the secular world calls that, you know, emotion mind, ration mind, mm. but the wise mind mm. is the center of both of those. Right. Um, so we know that God has emotions mm. and we created out of his image mm. are made to have emotions. And we know that those emotions, God only creates good. Right. Did you know that? Yeah. No? yeah I think I read that somewhere. So if we ignore the good that God gives us, what does that say? Mm. We are falling short of the good God has for us. Right. So then you look at Jesus and in the, in throughout the new Testament, um, Jesus was mindful of every interaction that he came Mm. in contact with. Right. Right. Uh, Even the woman who just touched his coat and he didn't even see her at first, but he was immediately mindful of the emotion that came from that and the healing that went from him. Mm. And he stopped everything that he was doing to turn and find her Mm. and to minister to her. Okay. Um, Jesus was angry in the temple. Mm -hmm. It's a primary emotion. Why was he angry? Because there was an injustice against his father 
about the money changers in, okay? He got frustrated mm. with his disciples multiple times when they fell asleep. Right. Okay? So Jesus sure. himself, as mm. a human come to earth, modeled emotions. Okay? Mm. He also modeled the perfect response to everybody's emotions. Mm. Um, every interaction that he had was a mindful approach with that single solitary person. Mm. And as followers of Jesus, that's what we need, right? We, right. Need, we need to follow his model. And we can't decide to un not unpack all mm. of the Holy Spirit's fruit. Okay. And when we do that, we fall so short of where God can use us and where God wants us to be. Yeah. So, as tough as it is, you know, being a Christian isn't always happy life, right? Right. right. We're still going to have sadness. Right. We're still going to have anger. Mm. We're still going to have fear. And we also have the Holy Spirit and God to help us through those things and to witness to all people, not just people who are like you and I, Justin. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, and I think, too, that that's a little bit like it's grace and truth. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not just, hey, you know, you know, you fell short of the law, and bam, I'm going to whack you with it. But it's, hey, you, you know, I, I'm making a very truthful statement. You fell short, and yet I love you. I'm, you know, I'm going to die on the cross for you. I mean... And I think that's the thing that when you read the Gospels, it's like, you know, I, I don't want to say impossible, but boy, you you read it and you just go, how does Jesus in every situation have grace and truth? Because, you know, there's he's moments. God. Yeah, he's God, right? And it's like, but <laughs> he can God perfectly reflect the image of God, right? And so it's just because there's a lot of moments where I can go, you know, I can call Pharisees whitewashed tombs. I can, I, I can do that. And I can flip tables, and I can say you are being wrong, and this isn't right. But, but I think even like I don't do that out of love. I'm not trying to help Correct. somebody. Right. It's Correct. just I, oh well, you know, I know how to right. to be mean. <laughs> um, and I think that's interesting because I hear a lot of people say, "Well, it's the truth, ain't it?" And <laughs> and and it 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 could be. Mm -hmm. And with our super sensor friends, mm -hmm. um, they can't hear the truth. Right. They can't hear the fixes. Mm. They can't think through what we're saying. Mm. So we first extend to them kindness right. and gentleness mm -hmm. and love, okay? Mm. And listen to them and hear where their heart is mm. and get to the root of what they really feel and hear and sense mm. And understand our reactions to that need to be guided by Jesus. Right. And so this isn't just secular stuff. Right. This is stuff that God is asking for us. Our super sensor people in our lives are the toughest ones, mm. the ones that cause us the most problems at work, the ones we don't understand, especially for us rational people. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and it's not from a place of we're better than they are. Mm. We're at the opposite end of the spectrum, and we both need right. to move to wise mind. Right. We both need to move to a place that, and when we do that, our relationship will mm. improve. Right. Our love for each other 
will improve. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So what's pr- just practically what's something our listeners can do to help themselves and, and help others this week. So if you're maybe, you know, uh, if you're somebody that maybe you, you can, you're hearing us talk about super sensors and you're probably going, oh, I know this I person. I got one of those yeah. in my life. <laughs> what, what's something practically that we can do to help them? And, and and to help ourselves really because yeah it's helping our one less painful relationship to have exactly yeah. exactly well there's some key things first of all the word should mm-hmm. okay remove it from your vocabulary should should okay should is a judgment gotcha I should have done this you should do that mm. okay should is a judgment try to remove that from your vocabulary okay. and you can't do that at once, always just for the next week, notice how often you use the word should for yourself, towards yourself, Mm -hmm. okay, because that's putting judgment on the emotions that you feel yourself, as well as for other people. So that's all, is just start with being aware, okay, because you can't change something until you're aware of it. So once I'm aware of, wow, I'm saying should a lot, (laughs) do I replace it with something, or... Um, you can repl- if you have to replace it, you can replace it with prefer. Okay. Okay. Um, or it would be more effective if. Gotcha. Okay. But trying but- to stay away from should at all gotcha. is a good thing to do. Um, another thing, if you are talking with someone who is, um, I mean, talking with anybody, mm-hmm. okay? Try to assume benignly. What does benign mean? When we talk about benign, we usually think of cancer. Right. It means not hurtful. Gotcha. Okay. So that means assume benignly means to not judge where mm. they are. Okay. Just simply hear them. Um, if you see, if you think of yourself as, oh my goodness. Um, that was rude. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can think that. And again, for the first week, notice where your judgments are. Mm. Just become aware of them. Right. Because the next step after that would be when you're aware of them, decide not to, to use a negative judgment. Instead, mm-hmm. assume benignly. Like your teenager came home late again mm-hmm. um, after we clearly said the curfew. Right. Okay, Um, I would have judged them to be um, irresponsible. Mm, Okay, a judgment. Right. They should have met their curfew. A judgment. Okay. Not only does that hurt the relationship when you verbalize that, Mm -hmm. but when you start saying those judgments, feel feel what you feel, Mm -hmm. as opposed to something must have happened, and Mm. I will. I'm just glad she's going to be home. Right. Okay, feel how you feel there versus, you know, I've told her time and time again about this. Mm -hmm. This is the third time this month that she has got, you can feel yourself feeling worse. Mm. Okay, Mm, so judgments don't help them Mm -hmm. and judgments don't help you feel regulated either. Right. Okay, so try try not to judge and assume benignly. Um, I had, there was a, uh, this is a quick story. A mother and a daughter were walking in a field and the dot, and they ran up against an apple tree Mm. 
and the daughter picked two apples. And the mother said, oh, that would be so nice. Can I have one? Mm. And the daughter took a bite out of one apple and then took a bite out of the other apple. And the mother's like, well, that's kind of rude. And the daughter handed her one of the bitten apples and said, mom, this one is sweetest. Mm. You have it. Okay? So that's what I mean by assuming benignly. Right. Now, the mother was already feeling bad. Right. And even may have corrected and won a discipline. Right. But if we assume benignly, Mm. that may not be an appropriate, accurate response. Right. Okay? So assuming benignly is another thing. Um, And the third thing is validate how they feel. You're not validating when somebody is emotional, mm-hmm. you're not agreeing with them. Okay. You're not agreeing with the behavior. You're not praising them. Mm-hmm. You are not um saying that they're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're simply determining what you feel that they are feeling and you are letting them know that you see it and you get it. Mm. Okay. Now it could be something like, <clears throat> I can see you're really angry with me. I'm not agreeing that she should be angry with me. Right. Or I'm not, I'm not agreeing that the way that she's treat, she or he is treating me is correct. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm just saying I can see you're really angry with me. Right. Okay? It's just simply a statement. It's a benign statement. Yeah. Or if um, my husband comes home from work. And he says, oh, my gosh, these people are driving me crazy. They are just horrible at work, mm-hmm. and I can't get all my stuff done, and mm-hmm. on and on and on, okay? And um, um, what you could say is, wow, you really sound upset. Mm. As opposed to, honey, you talk about this all the time. Yeah, yeah. Do you see the difference? Yeah. Do you see how the response would validate him? Right. Do we need to sit down? Do you need? Do you want me to fix or do you want me to vent? Mm. That's that's another big one because right. Justin, you and I are fixers, right? And most parents are fixers too. Yeah, yeah. Nine times out of ten, your kids don't want to fix it. Right. They just want to vent. Mm. Okay. So offer yourself as a place to vent, and as they continue to vent, you can just say magic words like, "Wow, that is a lot." Yeah. Anybody would feel that way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Me too. Yeah. Do you see those right. short little words right. just help them to feel that you hear them mm-hmm. and to bring their escalation down. When their escalation comes down, they might be able to access their thinking part of the brain. Gotcha. So what we're trying to do is <clears throat> turn off, not turn off those emotions, but process them process so that them. Yes. we can get to the thinking. Wow. Exactly. And that is an art. Mm. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of trial and error. I used to get a lot of, don't be therapist. Don't be my therapist, mom. I know what you're trying to do. Right, right. Okay? Because we acted poorly, ineffectually for years and years Mm. and years with each other. And when I change the deck of cards that I have with our game, it's very disconcerting for the other person. All right. of a sudden, they I'm not acting the way that I used to act. Right. And sh- they don't know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But over time, they will see that the new cards deck 
is more effective. Yeah. And they'll like playing the game better with you. Wow. Well, that is awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Mm -hmm. This has been a lot. And um, you should, I guess I should, <laughs> <laughs> you, sh you, sh you will put these into practice, you guys. Um, th this is really great stuff. Thank you so much for coming mm -hmm. on, Joe. Okay. All Thanks, right. Justin. Thank you.